right, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined this week by Jess Saban. Uh, so this will be our reaction um, video from week five of college football. Uh, some pretty interesting matchups this week. Uh, I think some matchups were probably closer than we thought they would be. I don't think there was any real major upset. I think we both talked about Oregon State over Utah, so that wasn't a surprise. I think we both also talked about um, Ole Miss over LSU, so I don't think that was a um, – a surprise either. So, uh, but both of those, you know, up, I guess you would call them upsets happened. Um, and then there were some games closer than we fought, like USC, Colorado, Georgia, Auburn. So let's jump into it. We'll start at the top there with Georgia. Uh, Georgia won their matchup against Auburn 27 20. I think at one point in the third quarter, they were losing 17 to 10. Um, they were able to pull away in, in the fourth. But this game was tied, I believe, what in the final few minutes of the game until Georgia was able to pull ahead with a touchdown. Brock Bowers had a, um, yeah, ridiculous game. Eight catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. So he had some rushing yards in there, some just good all-around play. They definitely needed everything they got from him. Um, I still feel like the one missing piece for Georgia is that running game. They, I mean, they have some decent running backs. Nobody's like taking the game over. And I think what I've seen happen these last few weeks, just about every week this season, they they started off slow. And I think they're trying to establish the run early, and then they start throwing the ball of Carson back more in the second half. I wonder if, you know, what, what's your opinion on this? I wonder if they started trying to throw the ball to set up the run rather than the run to set up the pass, if they would be more successful early. Because I feel like if they get behind one of these teams that has a good offense, which they haven't played anybody yet, I don't know when that will be a good passing offense. Kind of like Kentucky's coming up, but they're more of a rushing team. So, um, yeah, I do wonder, like, you know, if this is actually going to bite them, if they don't get that offense established early, what were your thoughts overall here on Georgia and this, this win over Auburn? They haven't impressed me all this year, Georgia. I, I don't know if it is because they're trying to do too much with setting up the run game early. I mean, both the run and the pass will set each other up. Like if you have an established run game that forces the defense to play up more on the line of scrimmage, that opens things up in the middle over the top. And if you establish a passing game early, then that forces the defenders to take a step back, which then opens up a running, you know, more running opportunities. Uh, at the end of the day, Georgia just had the talent. I mean, Brock Bowers is looking like he's easily the best tight end in the country, and people are going to end up comparing him to Kyle Pitts, who's the better prospect coming out. Pitts, you know, the more dynamic, athletic freak versus Brock Bowers, the more well-rounded. He can block, he can pass a bit. Uh, pass he can receive and he can block <laughs> he can probably pass too yeah i mean you know it seems like he could do everything the other day i mean he he just did what he wanted to it felt like auburn lost this game because as you said they just they didn't have the offense to truly put the game out of reach i mean they got out to a 10-0 lead after one georgia tied it up and they were tied at 10 going in the half for most of the third quarter auburn was up 17 to 10 and then they just weren't able to get anything done. But if Georgia's playing against a better offense, I mean, as it stands, like, I hate. I guess the question is, is there a better offense in SEC? I was about to say, like, maybe Alabama. Like, Alabama. They're one-dimensional, more... right? They're, I, they do more running. I mean, they can throw up some. Alabama is the, I mean, LSU theoretically 
had, they definitely have the best offense. For they, sure. they had the All, best offense. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss clearly had an offense, but I mean, Ole Miss when they played out that Alabama defense wasn't putting up fifty-five. So I don't know. I feel like Alabama is the only team in the SEC I think that has like the pound for pound talent. It just feels like there just isn't that Alabama magic this year. They don't have that wide receiver. The coaching staff isn't what it was during their most dominant years. But um, I don't know. It feels like Georgia probably is going to win the SEC just kind of by default this year. And then they're going to get their spot in the playoff. And maybe this year they just get their teeth kicked in in the playoff. But it doesn't feel like there is that dominant team this year. Everyone thought it was going to be Georgia, but um, they're if they make the playoff, I imagine they're going to be facing better offenses than Auburn. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you would think. Um, you would hope. But I'm like thinking, what's Auburn, Michigan, right? Fight, is, Michigan, is Michigan a better offense than some of these SEC teams? You know, and they have they have a better line. That their offensive line is deep. I mean, I yeah. think Michigan and maybe Washington have the best offensive lines right now, maybe, I, I would say. I mean, Washington's got those those dogs up front. Well, you know, Washington hasn't played anybody. And then you saw that a little bit this week when they, they kind of struggled. I mean, the game I don't think was in doubt, but they won by seven What gets Arizona. So, I, I, you know, I just don't – to your point, I don't think there's like a this, – this team out there that worries anybody. I think everybody feels like they can beat anybody. Honestly, like – Week to week, you could lose anyone and you could beat anyone. It feels like right now, I, I just don't, I don't feel like there's that dominant team out there. Cause like you could say Michigan, but they, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to Michigan next, but they, they won 45 to seven over Nebraska and Nebraska's terrible. So what does it tell us? This is a good game. They finally, at least Michigan did it. Was it close in the first half? And then they turn on in the second half like they have been. This was pretty dominant from the beginning, which is not surprising. This Nebraska team is this. Horrible. They had they started Heinrich Herberg. Um, I haven't heard of him to be totally honest. And he did really show me why I needed to 199 yards of interception. I mean, this team had, I mean, Matt Rule has to really do a good rebuild job here because this team is in a lot of it has a lot of issues. But for me, like JJ Carton McCarthy in this game, like it's the same type of game. Yeah, he had good, good 156 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't have to do much. But what happens when he has to do much? I, I'm still not convinced that he has it in him yet to, to take that next step. Now they have the they have the running game, they have the offensive lines you mentioned, they have a um, defensive line, and defense is outstanding. They might be the best defense in the country. Um, but I just don't know that yet because we haven't seen them against a really high powered offense, and you won't until November. I just wonder from a Michigan and Georgia perspective, not really playing anybody. At least Georgia's playing Kentucky next week. That's going to be a better matchup that we think we fought from the outset. But these, they're just the schedule has just been horrible. It's and well, it hurt them not to challenge themselves early. Um, so when they get to those bigger matchups down the road, it, they'll be ready for them. What do you think? I, I mean, the toughest game Michigan has played this year was Rutgers, which feels a, like a really weird thing to say. I mean. Even though they won 31 to 7, that game was much closer than the score would indicate. Yeah, it was because um, it's in the second half. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was 14 to 7 going into the half. And then it really just things kind of spiraled out of control for Rutgers after a, a pick six on a fourth down. But like 
Rutgers was moving the ball on 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 Michigan. Yeah. Like they had some bad fourth down attempts and they didn't get them. And if they get those, we're we're looking at potentially a 14 point swing. Like it Rutgers also missed a field goal. Like the, the game was much closer than 31 to 7 would indicate. I mean, this game it was never close. You know, like yeah. Nebraska didn't even get their score until a 74 yard run at the which was the last point scored in the game. Um, but I mean, everyone knew going into the year that Georgia and Michigan in particular weren't going to be challenged until, you know, Michigan until they played Penn State, Ohio State and Georgia potentially until the SEC championship game. I mean, it's complete bogus the way that these teams kind of just stay on top like this. Like you're just if you're a fan of the SEC, you're just hoping you're going to have a team kind of emerge and be way better than expected. Because, like, going into the year, I we, we when we were doing the previews, it was, like, the closest thing to a loss projected for for Georgia in the regular season was their ten, it was the game against Tennessee, which, going into the year, Georgia was being given, like, a 74% chance of winning. That's probably more like ninety five at this point with the way Tennessee has looked. Yeah, and Tennessee hasn't looked great. You know, I mean, the fact that their next week against Kentucky is down to fourteen and a half. I don't know who they're still favored by fourteen and a half, but it's like it feels like a winnable game for Kentucky. But I don't, I don't know. Like with Georgia and Michigan, I don't know how. The NCAA just lets this happen. It doesn't surprise me that they do, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I guess I would feel differently about these teams if they were like, it was 63-3 every week and they're just dominating. But they're they're both, they're, seem like they're not even taking the opponent seriously and they're just going for the motions in these games. Um, Michigan what, did what they needed to against Nebraska. Today, I'm not going to fall this week, Yeah, Nebraska. I guess Nebraska. They, this is this is what I expect Michigan to look like every every game. So I, I want to see more of that from both teams. And so, but I, for this week, I mean, I, I'm interested to see a little bit of challenge from Georgia. You know, his Kentucky team. I think Kentucky plays plays good. Plays good running. I mean, the running game is outstanding. They have a great offensive line. So it's going to be a nice challenge. Um, I don't think they have the passing game to really hurt them that way. So it's going to be more one dimensional, which means Georgia's going to be able to stack the line a little more. I think so. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but if, like your point, if it was more of a hostile environment and they got the lead, you know, maybe I would think more differently about it. But, you know, a bit, I, I'm just glad they're going to get at least some type of competition there. All right. Number three, Texas. Um, this was a disappointing game. They won 40 to 14, not for Texas. Texas looked great. What was disappointing is Jalen Daniels missed this game because uh, he was hurt. Um, and you had to watch the backup, Jason Bean, 9-21, 136 yards and a touchdown. They were actually winning in the third quarter. Kansas was 14-13, to and then Texas pulled away. I really feel like Jalen Daniels was playing this game. They might have won, um, and it's a shame that he didn't play. I feel like in the last couple of years, Jalen Daniels has had a lot of these games where right before the game, game starts, he's out. I mean, that's got to do something to the Kansas psyche, but – um, you know, Texas did what they had to do. They pulled away and they got to win uh, in the second half. They're now five and zero. Um, is Texas for real in your opinion? Or I mean, we know they beat Alabama, so they're for real in that regard. Do you feel like going into Oklahoma, you're pretty confident that they're going to do what they need to do going forward? 
it feels weird to say because it feels like so often, oh, Texas is back. And I would say of those recent years, this does feel like the year like it's like, oh, Texas is back, you know? Yeah. It, it just feels different. That being said, I would like they were this it, this game was kind of like their game against Wyoming for me. Like it was closer than it needed to be, but then the second half kicked in and they just and Texas dominated. If yeah. Kansas had, you know, their if Kansas had Daniels, um, you know, I still think Texas wins, but it's not gonna be a 40 to 14 kind of game. Um, I mean, once the third quarter hit, they got that 54-yard run from Jonathan Brooks, went out to 20 to 7. Trevor Williams has a 58-yard pass. That was uh Jason Bean's uh only touchdown. And then after that, it was just all Texas. Um so against Oklahoma, I mean, we'll get more into that in the preview, but right now I think Texas is allowing things to be closer than they need to be. But like with Michigan or even Georgia, like we just talked about, they did what they needed to do. They got the win. You can't truly fault them for that. Yeah. I agree. All right. Moving on. Penn State, Northwestern, 41-13. Yeah, you see that score like, oh, yeah, Penn State took care. But no, this game was 10-10 at halftime. There's – there is no reason this game should be 10 10 and a half time with the talent Penn State has versus the talent that Northwestern is left with after all the transfers and the new coaching changes and all that. Drew Aller, 18 to 33, 189 yards and a touchdown. You know, I for a few weeks there, my, my opinion on Penn State was changing. Like maybe they'll have a shot to beat Ohio State, Michigan. They won't be that same 10 and 2 Penn State team. They're going to be that same 10 and 2 Penn State team. They're going to lose Ohio State. They're going to lose to Michigan. I just don't see it with this team. Like they have the talent. They have what appears to be one of the better defenses, one of the better running games. Everybody loves Drew Aller. I haven't seen it with Drew Aller yet. He's young. Maybe he'll, he'll take that step up. But what are your thoughts there? You're closer to the Penn State area. Maybe you're hearing more of a, a read out there from the fans. But what do you what do you what do you think of Penn State? Uh this game didn't inspire the confidence that a 41 to 13 win should for me. I think I'm a bit higher on Aller than you are. Um, he's one of those guys where he still needs some refinement, but he can make pretty much any throw. Um, and I do think that Penn state has a real shot against Michigan. If Rutgers at Michigan was able to move the ball on that Michigan defense, the way that they were. I have faith that Penn State will be able to do what they need to do against Michigan. As of right now, obviously, you know, God forbid either side there's any injuries. Um, but I, Penn State feels like this year, this year that they've they've kind of done that thing with like it, exactly what Texas was doing, where for the first half it's like they should be blowing these guys out, but they're just not for whatever reason. And it's a repeat thing. Then the second half comes in and they just open up the, the floodgates open and there goes Penn state. 
you know, it was like this kind of against Illinois. It was like this this week against Northwestern. They beat Iowa 31 to 0, but it wasn't like a really dominant 31 to 0, I would say. Yeah. So I think Penn State has a real shot of hitting that 11 and 1 mark this year. But Aller I do need to see a little bit more from him to like truly say like cuz next year I think he has a shot at being the number 1 overall pick. But he's got the talent. He, Don't see he, it. I see Christian uh, what's his name? They used to be at Penn State, Hackenberg. I just no, I mean obviously he has more talent to him, but Chris Hackenberg was like number one coming out of high school too. And I just feel like I just don't see it. Like I see like the tools are there, he's not put it together. You see so many quarterbacks to have the tool have the talent and to still put it together in college. And so I, I my hope is that he I think man, I'm not probably on an island there because I see everybody just talking about how great he is. So I have to see it against a big boy like a a a Michigan, Ohio State, and if he does it there, then I'll give him his flowers. But uh, I just don't see it yet, so I have to kind of wait and see on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I tend to. This is a ten two team. Ten two Penn State is what we call them for history of time um, <laughs> until they prove me wrong. So, um, moving on, Washington, Arizona. We mentioned this game earlier. Washington won thirty one twenty four. It wasn't that close. Um, it was what twenty one ten at halftime for Washington. They just kind of. Took their never really, I like totally put their foot on the gas. I feel like in this game, they just they were just kind of there. I mean, I don't know if they just did a get up for Arizona, but I mean, this game was never in doubt uh, or anything. But it was probably the worst performance Washington's had all year, which gives me a little doubt when they go to play Oregon. I think in a couple weeks, right? Um, and then they they obviously USC and Washington State. I just you know I saw enough here that I feel like they're going to struggle in a couple of these games coming up. And I, but we kind of knew that anyway, I don't think we thought they were going to be a playoff team. We thought there'd be a really good team. And so I haven't changed my stance that there'd be a really good team. I do feel like they don't have the complete team yet that they need to, to get to a playoff, but I think they have enough good parts there that maybe if they put it all together, they can do it, make a little bit of a run. But what are your thoughts here on this, this game? 31. I, 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 I agree with your thoughts on this game, but I disagree with your thoughts about Washington as a whole. I, I think they are, a playoff caliber team this year. I think they got the pieces. They got the quarterback. They got the receivers. They got the guys in the trenches. Uh, I mean, granted, again, they haven't exactly like the Pac-12. It feels like it's just now in the next couple of weeks, once you get into the meat of your conference schedule, that's when they're going to start beating the bejesus out of each other. And so that would be my concern for a Washington that they have like one Maybe the, two did you see our last four games in their schedule? It is USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State all back to back to back to back. That's um, against the current number nine team in USC, the number eighteen team in Utah, who might have their quarterback. Kept rising, yeah. Uh, Oregon State is number fifteen, and Washington State is number thirteen. And they, in Oregon in two weeks. Yep. Two weeks they got Oregon, so they have two losses out of there at least. That's the only way. Like I think, why I think this, I think this will be the case for USC, Washington, and Oregon. All three of them that they're going to beat each other. I think all three have playoff, are playoff level teams. You see, USC's got 
I think, the best offense in the country. Washington and Oregon are more well-rounded, but they've all got the quarterback. They've all got the weapons. USC is the only one that you really have a little bit of question about their trenches, but um, especially on the defensive side for USC, which we'll be getting into a little bit. Yes, uh, my confidence in that pick there is diminishing by the week. But um, <laughs> but as for Washington, no, I mean, as you said, this game was never in doubt. Like, there might have been a brief time period where it was like, could Arizona make it a game? But by the end, by the third quarter, you know, that Washington was up 28-17 by the end of the third and you were like, oh, Arizona, they're in striking distance. But, you know, the Air, uh, Washington got a field goal with 13-24 left, and then they just held Arizona out until 108 remaining. It was it was never in doubt. Again, I think Washington, I think right now, I think I would have them as a playoff team. I mean, their body of work, yes. I think if we, we had them on our number two team in our poll last week in our, our personal in the flat poll. I definitely feel like they're playing among the best. I just feel like, um, man, they just have that that schedule is just crazy. I just happen to be a really big believer in Washington State, um, and I feel like that game at the end of the season could could predict who goes to the um, Pac-12 championship game. It could, and I I, I honestly feel like I, I would lean Washington State because I like their quarterback um, and that overall defense on Washington State a little better. But they're also I think all those Pac-12 teams are so evenly matched. They're they're all probably going to end up with two losses and knock each other out. Uh, everything. So, and I do feel like Utah is going to cause some damage because I do feel like Cam Riza will come back and he will push um, Utah farther than they currently are. So, the Pac-12 this year feels like what everybody always hypes the SEC up to be. Yeah. Well, if you're going to go out, go out on, on the top. You know, on the top note there. Um, so you um, you mentioned your, your your beloved Trojans out there in the USC. So 48-41, not the score we thought was going to happen in this game. Now we 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 both felt like Colorado would score some points, right? Because we didn't feel like the USC's defense was totally there, but we felt it would be more of 56-28 is what we probably predicted uh, somewhere around that area. It was looking like that. It was looking like that. Yeah, the first first half, you mean you had it. Well, you know, honestly, the fourth. It, was, it was like 34, what, 34 nothing or something like that? Um it was it, it was a 21 nothing, and then it got out to 34-7, and then he had that last touchdown in the, end they had of the, the half, last right? touchdown of the half to make it 34-14. And then by the end of the third, it was 48-27. And then just Colorado, like, for as close as the score was and the way Colorado dominated the second half, they outscored uh, USC 27-14 in the second half. It still didn't really feel like Colorado was truly right there. They could you know? have. I felt like they were they were taking too much time to score. They yeah, were trying to get the air out of the ball, get the, get, I just feel like if they just would have been aggressive from the start. I feel like they were not aggressive in this game from the start. Like they were trying to slow it down, get the ball out of um, Caleb Williams hands. And I think even Dion said that in, in some of his um, post game pressers, but I figured they just would have went out and it's like, 
aggressive from the start instead of being aggressive from the second quarter on. Maybe this game would have been a little different. It may put a little more pressure um, in this one. Kelly Williams, I mean, great game, 403 yards, six touchdowns, had this first interception. Um, but, I mean, overall had a really good game. But, man, you got to – had a great game. You got to worry about this um, this defense, especially coming up, man. Um, yeah. I, am. I know in two weeks they're going to be worried about it. Um, what's that? Because they have that stretch of like six games starting in two weeks. So it's like yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, they got to fix that. De- I don't know. I don't think they can fix the defense. They got to do something differently. I don't know what it is. But um, I mean, ever to fire a defensive coordinator, which is not going to help them this year. So um, they have to I do mean, something new. I think it's next week. They have they're home for Arizona. That should be a win. Then they are at Notre Dame, the number ten team in the country. The home country. for Utah, as I said earlier, eighteen. Then they Cameron's will be back by that one. I guarantee he loves beating USC. So <laughs> then they get to go to Cal. They should win that. Then they get home for Washington, at Oregon, and then end the year home against UCLA. Man. So. Again, like you just see that, and it's like even one loss, there goes your playoff hopes. Yeah, this year, I mean, there's a lot of there gonna be a lot of I think undefeated and one loss teams fighting for that four game playoff. So it's everybody's like everybody's fighting out to get that second loss because anybody it's anybody's year this year. If you can just stay with one loss, I think you'll be good. But man, I don't know about USC. They um they just they just seem to have um you know. This is a philosophy we talked about here at culture where they uh, they can't quite get it, you know, get it right on defense and they uh, continue to, I think, waste Caleb Williams. I mean, if they lose and don't get to the playoffs this year with arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever in, in college football, I mean, that would be just a waste. And I do wonder if like Caleb Williams regrets transferring there. I know you get to go in that Lincoln Riley system, but what if he would have transferred to like an Alabama, Georgia? Even like a Notre Dame or like a Michigan or Ohio State, yeah, what you could do on those teams. Went to Notre Dame, wouldn't you? Then you'd be able to cheer for yeah. him. <laughs> I don't think I could have, but you know, but my Bears may end up needing him. So hey, we we might be getting him there. You might be getting him and Marvin Harrison. Yeah, we, we need we need about fifteen of those guys. Um, so yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, so are you concerned? You still think USC is going to make the playoffs? Do you have any waiver in that, or do you still hold on to a small bit of hope that they'll be able to score everybody? I have a small bit of hope they'll be able to outscore anybody, but if right now I would not be picking them to make the playoff. Like I, I'm not gonna like back off USC. I'm not. I'm not gonna like go back on that pick because they're still undefeated. They still have the best offense in college football. You know that that does mean something. It, it does, but yeah. um, that defense is concerning. Um, I mean, if they beat Notre Dame, I will feel a lot more confident about them. But it also it also depends. How do they beat Notre Dame? You know, like how do they beat these teams? Like how you beat teams matters just as much as the fact that you beat them. You know, like because the committee, if they're seeing that, you know, yeah, USC is a uh, they finish eleven and one and win the Pac twelve, but. You know, they're winning every game like 55 to 52, you know. Like, like, they kind of remind me, not like that in exact the same thing, but that Florida State team that won, that was going for back-to-back titles and they – With Jameis? Yeah, they were winning, but it wasn't – they were like barely winning. It wasn't oppressive, and the, and the committee kept dropping them down even though they weren't losing. 
but they eventually had to put them in the playoff because they were undefeated, and then they, then they ended up getting beat. Um, but I think Oregon, right, um, ended up beating yeah, them in the playoffs. Yeah, and they looked terrible in that game because they actually played somebody for Pulse, you know. And so <laughs> I um, I do wonder if, if they end up getting that fact, they're going to keep dropping them. But all USC has to do is win. They can, they can win every game by one the rest of the way. They'll make the playoff if they do that because they'll win the title and they'll be the most impressive offense. Um, it just, yeah, once they get some of these tougher teams, I am interested. I'm interested in that Notre Dame USC one just because the contrast of styles is so different um, with that the philosophy. So I'm interested to see what that one looks like this year. Um, all right, moving ahead here. We quickly talk about this one. Oregon State beat Utah 21 7. I don't think we were surprised with that just without cameraizing this. This team does not have a pulse on offense at all. And I Oregon State Utah was going to pull it out. I just thought the defense was going to do enough, throw DJ off his game. But I mean, they did it. They did pretty well. They get they only gave up 21 points and they did it. I mean, they did it over a whole game, like seven points in the first, third, and fourth. I mean, they, they really they did their job trying to hold them off. Utah didn't score a touchdown to the fourth quarter. So with 505 remaining. And your defense probably remaining. by that point was a little dejected, right? So if they would have scored anything, their defense probably would have played even better than they did. But you can't win every game with this defense only. I mean, you got to have some type of pulse on offense, and they obviously just don't. I don't know what the latest word is of camerizing, um, but they need him. They like, they desperately need him back, or they're going to be in trouble this year. Yeah. I don't really have more to add to that. You, you nailed it there. <laughs> All right. Um, we could jump around here a little bit. Uh, let's talk about that Ole Miss LSU game, 55-49. That was crazy. Um, heck of a game. That um, LSU defense that we all thought was going to be pretty good this year gave up over 700 yards of um, offense to Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming off 10-point score against Alabama, but averaging 50 before that. So they went right back to their over 50 average. So I what that tells me is Alabama's defense is really good. Um, LSU's is not so. Um, yeah, I mean Jackson Dart does a really good job of that offense. It really has opened it up. I, I was really impressed there. Um, what do you thoughts to LSU though? Like, I think we all thought they were going to be close to playoff contention uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, they're out, I would say. I mean, they yeah. won the SEC, I guess, but last year they won the SEC with four losses or whatever, but uh, or won the, their conference anyway. Um, any chance you see him? Any chance you see him turning around, and getting back to winning the West, getting back to play somehow in the conference? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, uh, let me check their schedule real quick because I mean, Alabama, LSU, right? Yeah, they still got Bama, um, but they and they're on the road for that game. They have Missouri this week. They are favored, but it's at Missouri. Missouri's undefeated too, so mm -hmm. they host Auburn, host Army at Alabama, host Florida, <laughs> host Georgia State, host A and M. Uh, I want to see that Army game. They get to end the most of their games the remaining way. Um, one, two three, four, five of their remaining seven games are at home. So just not the big one with Bama. And I guess if you want to consider this one a big one, Missouri. So I see the path for them. I just, I don't know if they're going to beat Bama. That's, that's the main thing. Like I can see them beating Missouri. I can, I, I'm pretty, you know, I've I have a good amount of faith that they'll beat Georgia State. 
um and army <laughs> i don't know army army man it's a tough one that, but, uh, if that defense is struggling at all and you have to stop a triple option that's all that would be my worry there how struggling is that defense at that point you know yeah i i i really hope they don't struggle with that but um yeah i think right now my pick would be bama but I mean, the path is clear and it's open for LSU. It's just I don't think they're going to make the playoff unless they – like if Georgia's undefeated and still number one and LSU meets wins out and meets Georgia in the SEC championship and wins that game, then, you know, with the chaos of the Pac-12 and, you know, maybe – some chaos in the big 10 there they could sneak in but i mean we've never had a two loss team in the playoffs so yeah i don't yeah it'd be interesting with the would georgia still get in with one loss at that point if they look as unimpressive as they have and no big wins right and no real big wins and they lose and they're not even a conference champ that would be really interesting if like because they would get a reputation alone. That would be the only thing they would get in on. They would have get in on eye test. They would have get in on you know resume. It would just be like, well, they won the last two titles. We're going to put them in. And that would be kind of a sham, I would think. Would you, Tony, would you rather, or not rather, who do you think should get in? A one-loss Georgia team that only loses in the SEC championship or a two-loss LSU team that won the SEC. Well, that's the you know it would have to be LSU because they have the head-to-head over Georgia. Mm-hmm. They have the conference championship. They have a win over Alabama. You have to go with LSU in that case because um, even um, even their two loss. I mean, their their one loss because Florida State was bad, but their one loss here was a one possession game, so it wasn't like a blowout. Um, but yeah, they 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 could have be a free loss, I and mean, that's for sure. So they, I could see that way. I mean, if they're SEC champion with a win over Alabama, which the committee loves, a win over Georgia, which was previously undefeated, and back to back, I mean, you would have to probably give it to them. But I don't know if I would feel great about it, especially if the, you know, there's two Big Ten teams with one loss or less. There's a ACC team with one loss or less. There's a Pac-12 team with one loss or less. I just don't feel like they should get into those teams, but would they? With the committee, I think the committee wouldn't. I don't know if I would, but you know, I don't know. I, I feel you know, like there's a lot of million things I, that can happen from here to there. So, yeah, I, I would, I would also pick LSU, but it's it's a tough one because we've never had like a two loss team in the playoff, and if there's you know, if there were a team to do that, then I feel like if LSU could pull off that exact path there, I don't know. I felt like uh, I, I think a few years ago, Auburn, Auburn had a few couple losses and they went to, I feel like they went to the championship game. And if they were to win, I think bait way, the committee was ranking them, even with multiple losses throughout the year. Um, I think they might've gotten in with three losses that year. Just, just how much the committee valued them. Um, so I think, they, they, they tend to value the SEC a little more in that case. But this year, I mean, I don't think you can value it. I mean, if the Pac-12, I would value Pac-12 with, with maybe two losses more than I would SEC this year just because of I'd the agree to that. Teams, I'd, I'd but, agree with that. 
All right, moving along here. Um, let's talk about uh, Georgia and Duke. Um, my heart can't take too many more of these. Just, um, it was um, an insane game. You know, um, Notre Dame obviously should have been blowing Duke out in this game. To be completely honest, they were they were up, I think, what ten or thirteen nothing at halftime. They um, I think it was ten nothing, um, but they had multiple chances in the red zone to score. They just they missed a field goal or they 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 gave, they messed up somewhere. Um, there's a lot of penalties. They had like 12 penalties in this game. I did read something about I hate the ACC, by the way. Um, the ACC officials in Notre Dame's games, they're averaging 11 penalties in all the ACC official games. In all the ever games, they're averaging four. I'm not saying there's a, it's rigged for ACC to finally get a win against Notre Dame, who's now won 30 in a row against ACC. But man, I mean, it. They got he got a targeting call on him by a guy tackling someone in the hip. They said he targeted the hip, which yeah, I guess that's the rule. But like I've never seen anybody else get called for that. It's like weird plays. I've never like that. heard of targeting the hip. I've if never you could, heard apparently of it. from your feet up to your head. If you use your head, the crown of your head, your helmet to tackle the person, that's a target. No matter where you hit him at. Um, which is fine, but then you need to call it all the time instead of just random. It's just, just crazy to me. But, no, this game, um, Notre Dame came in with, like, four wide receivers being out. They were – I mean, you could see it. Nobody nobody can get open on this. This is a really good Duke defense, and Sam Harmon had his work cut out for him. Uh, I was surprised he didn't force anything, didn't throw any interceptions. He still has not thrown an interception at all this year, which is impressive considering he's normally about 10 or 15 a, a year. Um, so – Doing well there. Running game, you know, played okay. Overall, this was a sloppy game on my Notre Dame. They probably should have lost. Duke came out on fire in the second half aggressively, scoring a couple touchdowns, up 14 to 13 with two minutes to go. Notre Dame on their, on their own five gets a penalty to start the drive. Now they're back at the two-yard line. So they go 98 yards in two minutes, um, and they were able to do that. Um, Mitchell Evans, um, the tight end, um, who, you know, even though other people don't talk about him as one of the better tight ends, has some crazy catches the last two weeks and had 134 yards of receptions in this game. Um, it really was the, the target for Sam Hartman. He went down at a four foot 16, ran it 17 yards to get that first down and won this game. I um, definitely was impressed with the way, if you look at it, compare Ohio State game to the Duke game, they had the exact opposite thing happen where. Ohio State had to com- had to convert a third and nineteen. They did, and then they score. Notre Dame had to convert a fourth and sixteen. They did, and then they score. It was just interesting because, you know, it's got to be in the back of your head as a Notre Dame player that you could lose this game again in the same very similar circumstances at the last part of the game. They're able to win and get this pull this one out. Um, you know, they they got to clean up the penalties obviously, and they have to get these wide receivers healthy. It looks like they will be ready for Louisville this week, which is another. Game at night against a top 25 team that's undefeated. It seems like every week they're playing a top 25 team undefeated at night. So it's um it's got to be a lot of emotions to take out of you. But you got you to gotta hope they don't give up yet because they have USC next week at night. Um, again, next week. So um, what are your thoughts here? I mean, you tackled a lot. My big thing that I took away from this game was if Notre Dame had their wide receivers, had their best guys, I I think it would have been a tougher game, but I, I just do think Notre Dame would have been able to handle Duke a bit better. Like, and I don't know if the game really would have been in doubt. 
Notre Dame still to me is one of the more well-rounded teams in college football. Uh, they've got the players, they got the talent, they got the trenches, they got the quarterback, you know, so they, they did what they needed to do, you know, last week against Ohio state, they, they kind of, you know, they, I don't know. It was mental mistakes that cost them that game. You know, having 10 guys out on the field, that's a purely mental thing. That's between coaching and the players. Like you just, we just wanted to give Ohio state a chance is what we were trying to do though. Just, you were very generous, Tony. Very generous. I'm, very I'm generous. sure everyone in Ohio really appreciates it. They, they do. I've been hearing a lot of from those. Ohio <laughs> fans, so. But um, I mean, Duke a lot better than I thought they would do. Notre Dame did what they needed to. You know, they bounced back, and now they've got a tough stretch. They've got Louisville, USC. They still got Clemson. Wake Forest hasn't looked terrible. Pitt has looked bad, but, you know, still any given Saturday. But Yeah, I I mean, any of these teams could show up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The path for Notre Dame is still open, I'd say, to the playoff. Like, you need a little bit of chaos up top. But if... Texas loses to Oklahoma this week. Pac-12 teams eat each other alive. Ohio State goes completely undefeated. You know, the the path is still open, but you guys need to you guys need more dominant wins. Like you need to dominate Clemson and hope well, they I don't get- know if we're dominating Clemson, but I mean we I my, here's my thing. I think because Clemson's gonna be at Clemson on night. Um, so it's going to be hard to dominate them there. Um, and Clemson has showed flashes of playing better. Uh, I think the main thing you beat USC, you beat Clemson and then you dominate everybody else. Um, like I would really want them to come out. Um, Louisville, why they're undefeated top 25 team. I don't think their talent is there yet. You need to go in there. You need to smack Louisville around a little bit and, and get, and get yourself fired up, ready to go for that USC game. Um, and then beat USC. You finally get a bye week after eight weeks. Jesus Christ. Just, why would you put a bye week after eight weeks? I, I don't understand the scheduling. But, um, yeah, no, we, I think that's their path. They, they need to beat USC and Clemson and find a way to beat them and then just dominate the rest and let pieces fall when they fall. So, yeah, I agree. Um, we'll quickly go through the top. Um, if there's anything, out, we'll go through some of these scores, see if there's anything sticks out to you. Kentucky, you know, beat Florida 33-14. to 14. This looks very Kentucky's very similar to Utah, so it's not surprising that they kind of dominated Florida here. They're a very defensive line driven team that runs the ball very well. So it wasn't surprising they, they put the whipping on there. Louisville beat North Carolina State 13-10. I would love to say this is just a, a beautiful defensive struggle, but I think this is more of the offenses just are not that great. Um, so that was that game. Uh Missouri beaten Vanderbilt 30 to 21. Missouri just keeps marching along. They got the big win over Kansas State a couple weeks ago. Uh, now they're ranked. They they and they're headed into LSU as we mentioned. Oregon, uh, I mean Stanford's terrible this year. They won forty-two to six over Stanford. Oklahoma, Ohio, Iowa State's terrible as well. They won that fifty to twenty. Tennessee, you know, came out and won that game against South Carolina, forty-one to twenty. So they did what they had to do. That's probably better performance, definitely than what they did against Florida. And then um, with Alabama two interceptions. Yeah, see it's. I'm not sold on Tennessee. They're going to have their three or four losses. And then yeah, final so. two here call out. Alabama will beat Mississippi State 40-17. to 17. That defense continues to look really good. Offense is doing 
enough to run the football and get big plays when they need to get big plays. Um, then to wrap it up here, Fernzo State continue to win. They won 27-9 over Nevada, um, solidly in the top 25. That's a good, good look for their Fernzo State. So any, if any of those stick out to you, anything you want to talk to? Uh, other than, you know, Tennessee, uh, you know, that was my upset pick, South Carolina over Tennessee. I was, you know, they did what they needed to do. Um, yeah, I guess maybe just, you know, like I was saying a bit earlier, I, I don't really trust it, but I do still see the path for Alabama. Um, it's certainly going to be interesting seeing how they adjust that offense over the course of the season, especially if they encounter a team like Georgia. I'm interested the next week. I mean, that Texas A&M game, Texas A&M has a really good defensive line um, if they show up. And it's at Texas A&M. So it's, um, I'm interested in that game. I, I really, we'll talk about more in a preview, but I feel like I am leading upset of the week in that game with Texas A&M. But I know if I do that, there's no way that's going to happen. So now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm still going back and forth about will I call, will I have the, uh, the cojones to call Kentucky over Georgia. <laughs> I do not have the cojones to do that. So that, that's um, where the big, you know, thing for me is like, it's at Georgia, but again, we'll get more into that on the pod later this week. <laughs> yep. No. Yeah. I mean, if you get matchups, yeah, I think overall, like I said, I don't think there was any crazy surprises. There were some smaller upsets, but nothing like huge. Um, so yeah, no, all, all, all good games. Looking forward to, to next week. Um, I'm interested next week. We quick preview here. Maryland, Ohio State. That's going to be interesting. Maryland's undefeated. They gave him a heck of a game last year, went down to the wire. Um, but that was at Maryland. So I'm interested in this one. Um, we talked about LSU, Missouri already. Texas, Oklahoma, um, top 15 matchup, three versus 12. That's going to show us a lot about both of those teams there. These teams can meet again in the Big 12 title game as well. They can have a split and get each other, which will hurt the, the conference. Uh, Washington State, UCLA. Um, we mentioned Alabama, Texas AM. Uh, Kentucky, Georgia, um, Notre Dame, Louisville, um, and I think I think that's about it. Um, I am interested a little bit on USC, Arizona. Arizona has played a little better than um, their record indicates, so I'm interested to see if they could score against USC and make it a game. But I'm not expecting them to win that by any means. But that's going to be an interesting one as well. So uh, with that, we'll wrap this one up for you guys. As always, follow us on X um, at in the flat pod. If you have any questions for the mailbag this week, shoot them over us um, there on our website at intheflatpodcast.com, and we'll make sure we bring them up on the podcast this week. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Bye.